How are you guys doing? Lights. All these people are seeing here over on YouTube. This is Matthew Tardio. He's kind of a Hello. he's kind of a douche in a sense. Big one. A big one. He's uh, I've known douche. him for uh, 14, four, 13 years. Thirteen years. I've known him for thirteen years. That's scary. That's a long time. That is. Yeah. One of the first thing he said to me is, "What's what's?" I'll never forget this. He became my NCO or whatever. He was a guy in charge, and I was a fuck, I was a piece of private and the first thing he ever said to me was what's those date on your wrist and i said that's my dad that's the day my dad died he goes oh that's my birthday i was like oh this is gonna be that's awful. actually not how that conversation went i was like <laughs> i looked at it and i was like oh that's a good day and you were like that's the day my dad died yeah. and i was like oh f- my bad yeah that's like, the conversation that was our first conversation and my thoughts then as a 18 year old young man was this fucking sucks i don't like this guy and my thought was time off to the nearest thing possible so nothing <laughs> happens to him yeah that's like, pretty much what yeah. happened so i got yeah. tied to a sit for the next i don't even know uh five six years after that i was stuck with this 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 guy but it, it's fine it worked out pretty well it actually worked out really well it worked out extremely well and this is mainly i know this if you guys are on youtube it kind of looks awkward because this is kind of a really random setup i don't normally do duo deals like this but you know what's going on in russia and ukraine i was like you know what i got a gentleman that's actually sleeping in the room next door that at uh that spent a bit of time over there can you can can you still read russian yeah you can? Okay, hold yeah, on. Yeah, I'm on not the second. best at it, but yeah. What does that say? It's a little... It's, it's packaging uh, for... <laughs> it's something for a uh, suitcase. <laughs> it's like a luggage, something for luggage. It's a gift certificate. <laughs> it came... Is it really? Yeah, it's a gift certificate. It's uh, na, It says, uh, na dan sutki. So it's good for uh, one discount for... Trboshnik Chimadanov, which is uh, Chimadan is, if I remember correctly, I mean, it's a weird word, but it would be like suitcase or something like that. I have no idea. And so it's it's a, it's a gift, it's a fucking gift certificate. Okay, well, that's good. Thanks, Charles, <laughs> for that. Um, anyway, he spent, he spent, I don't know how many years over in Ukraine, he was an SF. So when I was on my way out, he went to selection two cycles before me or two classes before me. He's the only reason why I went. I went. I got injured. He stayed in. He completed, went to, I don't know which group it was right now. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly so, how. Yeah, no. I, I I went to selection, and I came back, and then I had the conversation with you right after yeah. selection, and I was like, dude, what the f*** are you doing with your life? And you're like, uh. I was like, go to f***ing selection. Like, get the f*** out of here. That's what happened. Yeah. And then and I then went on the met. next one. Yeah. And, and you were literally gone like a month later. I was. Yeah. It was good. It was a good choice. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here making ass podcasts in a tiny room in the back of my house. Yeah. So it's been life goals have been made. But uh, he's so what's going on with Russia and Ukraine? I'm going to allow him to speak as much as he possibly can because I know the kind of stuff he did over there, and I, and I know there's probably stories he told me that he cannot tell you guys, unfortunately. But he's going to give you guys some actual fucking insight of what's going on in Ukraine from an actual operator that's actually worked there. Well, yeah, I think so. I have to like, and it's got to be. So it, it is disclosed, right? So this is this is my break. Like it's on, it is on unclassified documents okay, that shows go. that I was in Ukraine okay. for a time frame. There you go. That's all so, you guys know, or all you need to know, I guess. Yeah. So it does show I was in Ukraine. As far as our specific mission and everything that I was doing in Ukraine and all of that, I can't speak on that, right? Because that would be wrong. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. Really wrong. Because now we're putting people at like op- like OPSEC is kind of. Yeah, I get it. But, but so I, I did. I went to Ukraine in 2015. So I went to Ukraine in 2015, and Russia jumped into Crimea in 2014. And so after the the whole, like, civil unrest, like the collapse, 
Mike, man, you knew it. <laughs> so after the civil unrest, that whole like collapse, you essentially have well, you'd have to go back in time and you got to look and, and say, okay, well, where was where was Ukraine during the Soviet Union? After the Soviet Union collapsed, what was Ukraine? And then what did it become? And how much Russian influence was over that country? Right, because the Russian influence over that country absolutely takes pl- like takes. I guess, precedence over what's happening today because that Russian influence is still in place today for what's going on over there. So you can't look at Ukraine and Russia as we look at it like here in the United States and you can't say that um, it's its own sovereign government and Russia is doing its own sovereign thing because all of those people bled over. Because when the Soviet Union collapsed, then we saw the emergence of Ukraine. Well, all those former Russian Russians are still in that country and they still have ties to Soviet Russia, which as we know, like Putin came from the KGB, KGB, yeah, right? And and so all of these peoples have allegiance to Putin for that reason. And also all the people over in eastern Ukraine where this war is taking place, they also have ties with family. Picture like Afghanistan, how we're like dealing with the Taliban on like the Pakistan border, mm-hmm. right? Like those people don't give a shit like where they came from. They're, they identify themselves with their family and with ethnicity of being from that particular region. So that's where they're getting all their allegiance from back and forth in that area. And then just like we would do as SF guys, Russia is going in and they're supplying the separatists with all of their like munitions, power. I'm sure they're, I'm not saying this officially, but I'm sure they're like me personally, I feel like they're giving them backside support when it comes to all sorts of other things, you know, technologically speaking. There's also open source information where you can find where Russian soldiers have taken pictures and everybody knows about metadata on pictures these days. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I've watched some of these actual YouTube videos on right. Russian soldiers in Ukraine. Right. So there's there's actual pictures of these dudes like moving and amassing and then like crossing the border and people will go and they'll like actually take that metadata off the photos and then go to the place from the photos. And it's 100 percent inside Ukraine. It's, it's no doubt. I mean, with, I did that in, in Europe, in France. Right. No, the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I did the no, same the thing. same. We were talking about last night where yeah. like you had those side-by-side photo yeah, comparisons. Same that same thing has been done. Yeah. 110%. I've, I've seen the videos online of actual Russian troops patrolling and, and actually going into certain areas within Ukraine. Right. And then the actual videos come back out that the surveillance that was done in that area, the exact same buildings and the same Russian troops were in there speaking Russian. Right. They had like the same Russian weapons. Ukrainians don't have like certain Russian sniper rifles. These are certain groups. It's probably, probably one of the biggest arguments <clears throat> that ever came out like for no sh- Russia's in Ukraine, besides the fact that we now have like photographs of Russian soldiers in Ukraine and of Russian equipment in Ukraine. Remember that airline that was shot down years ago over Ukraine? Do you remember this at Mm -mm. all? So there was a commercial air or not commercial, a civilian airliner that was flying over Eastern Ukraine and it got shot down. It was cruising at about, I think if I remember right, this is off the top of my head. I wasn't prepared to speak on this about 37,000 feet. So there was a civilian plane, like a 777. I don't know. We can look this up real quick. Yeah, I want. can. Go ahead. There, was, there was a civilian plane that was shot down over eastern Ukraine, and it was cruising at about 37,000 feet. All right. So the average surface-to-air missile, right? Like, let's say I'm, like, shoulder-fired, man, man-powered, not cruise-served, but just shoulder-fired surface-to-air missile caps yep. out at about 20,000 feet. Most of the time, they cap out around 20K. So we have a civilian airliner that's cruising at 37,000 feet. Malaysia Airlines Flight 17, July 17, 2014. There you go. That's what it was. So it, it, it was flying at somewhere around 37,000 feet, and it got shot out of the sky. Oh, I do recall this. The 283 passengers and 15 crew Dead. were killed. Yeah. Dead. Dead. So Russia shoots this plane out of the sky. And the reason I say Russia did it is because of the, the height that it was at. Right. And then there was also a Buk, 
missile system, if I remember correct, it was a, it was a Buk missile system that was on the ground in Ukraine that was photographed that day. That is 100% in the Russian inventory. Yeah, by and that's Buk, just not something yeah, that... 9AM83 service-to-air missile transported from Russia on the day of the crash. There you go. That is just not something that a separatist force has. It's not something an insurgency has. And it's crew-served, right? Like, people don't understand the amount of technology that goes into doing something like that. It's not something you can just hand over to the Taliban or somebody and say, yo, get and, after And it. go have at yeah. it. Right. It's, I'm trying it, to see how how far up it was in the, the sky when it went down. I'm trying to. I'm pretty sure it was 37k, 35, 37k. Either way, they shoot this motherfucker down, and Russia denies the whole thing, and then all the photographs and stuff like that started leaking out afterwards. Even on top of that, and this is like some more open open source things, just for the just for pushing that. You know, if the pictures weren't enough, if shooting down the airliner wasn't enough, if all of this other crap wasn't mm-hmm. enough. And you look at the technological disadvantage that the Ukrainian military currently has over these separatists. Again, this would be like this would be like us, like an actual government going to war with the Taliban, and all of a sudden the Taliban has this technological advantage over us. So the reason, the, the one of the big reasons for this emerge in um, secure messaging apps and things like that started coming out, and a lot of people don't know this, is because of that war over there. So when you start looking at all of these other secure messaging apps that came out. And this is why everybody knows WhatsApp, you know, it mm. used to be the secure one. And then Russia breached it. Well, the reason Russia breached it was because Ukrainians were using it to, to, to talk to each other. I, I didn't say that. Oh, well, I mean, I just said it aloud. So, whoops. So, but when you look at like that, right. And you wonder how come these guys can't keep up on their radios without having indirect fire fall down on them within about 30 seconds. And again, open source information. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not speaking about anything that people don't know already. Open source, like Ukrainian soldiers about all the time they can't use the radios they can't use cell phones the moment they key these things up they have indirect fire falling on their head that's not something that an insurgency has right so where where are they getting it from Mm -hmm. so we've already got them on the ground in crimea we've already got russian soldiers moving across the border we've already got you know like airliners malaysian airliners being shot down over the region and they're amassing on the border and all ukraine needs is a little bit of help no, I get it. But you want to you want to add like a bigger mix. Now yeah. we talk about the Russian influence over the Ukrainian military. S- sprinkle it on there, please. Yeah, sprinkle it. So now you talk about the Russian military influence over Ukraine. And so you start adding that in and now you've already got those spies that are within the Russian military. So they essentially can't move. They can't do a damn thing without somebody else already knowing about it. And what's the reasoning behind not putting Ukraine in NATO? Oh, there's a lot of requirements to be a NATO force. A lot of requirements. One's GDP. Right. Yeah, yeah, this they, was one of the things yeah. that Trump was about forever. Like we're the only nation that's contributing our appropriate amount to of our GDP to NATO forces. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, like their forces, English. English is a requirement. Right. Like to be NATO. What do we do with transmissions? NATO. Yeah, I know. Over I get that. English. Yeah. Th- then we've got like specific requirements for, you know, different soft units. They have to meet like a surf- certain level of training to be within NATO. And in order for all that to happen, they have to get the support from NATO countries in order to get in there. Which they should. They're damn near at that point. The only part they're going to have is GDP. They don't have, there's not, they don't have any infrastructure to even. No, I mean, you're not going to give enough tours of Chernobyl Uh -uh. to meet that, that quota. But at the same time, when we've got Russia, that's fixing to steamroll Ukraine, right? And nobody else in NATO for the most part feels like contributing their GDP. And yet NATO's going to stand back and they're going to say, you know what, Ukraine kiss our ass. Because you can't contribute what you're supposed to. When none of these fuckers do it anyways. There's literally no possibility that America's ever going to step in and actually put forces on the ground to fight with Ukraine against Russia. That won't happen. 
Now with the current administration that we have in currently, there's no way that Biden's going to put his testicles on the table and actually do it. Well, what you actually saw was the opposite. Did, did oh, you when, see this a couple months ago when we were moving our warships into the area? Well, there's well he doesn't want to he doesn't want to have any sort of conflict that whatsoever. Even though we just passed a giant bill today, I mean it's getting put through the House of Representatives. Excuse me, but it there's there's no I don't see him doing any sort of show of force against Russia and or China. I think actually to be honest with you, I think a lot of people put a lot of a lot of stake into China's size just because of the size of the military. But I think Russia is dominant when it comes to actually being able to fight against a, like an actual opposition. Like I, I don't, I, I think Russia would be a, a tougher, harder fight than China would be. Let me tell you why Russia is going to be a tougher fight. Okay, well, perfect. Yeah. We agree. I, I, let me tell you why Russia is going to be a tougher fight. We in America, we subscribe by doing things the right way. Do you remember when baiting came out in Iraq? Like, so baiting came out in the Iraq War, right? Like we'd go and we, not we, but we'd go and we'd lay out uh, magazines and equipment and stuff. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay. And then people would go. Yeah, they'd pick they'd it up and pick it up, shoot, shoot them. them. Yep. Oh God. Yeah, God yeah. forbid. Right. Yeah. Like, no, I remember that. Yeah. But right. I, I never was a part of that. Right. So America lost its for that. Hmm. And it was like, that's unethical. You can't do it. And it shut it down. At the same time, they were shoving fucking bombs At in trash same, cans. Right. On the side of the. Doing some of the dirtiest yeah. to get rid of us. Right. Well, Russia took, takes, takes it to the next advance. Right. While we have been focused on technology in this war on terror, and this is Matt's opinion, Right. Well, we have been focused on technology in this war on terror, and we have been focused on, you know, our kinetic engagements overseas with taking out these tiny little terrorist organizations. Russia's been doing the opposite. They've been focusing on field craft, right? And, and they've been focusing on those little things that actually matter in those battles, and they're not playing by the rules. And so all of their little dirty tricks are, I mean, it's literally to the point where now everybody is in a trench line going across. The place looks like, have you looked at the Donbass region and, and photos and stuff like that? From Not there? recently. I mean, no. I saw some the other day, but it wasn't of trench lines. It was of masses of forces. Or all there's of there's trench lines. It's it's 100% trench lines going across like the Donbass region. Like they, they're, they've they been in a stalemate and they've been stuck in a quote-unquote ceasefire. I've seen the videos in Donbass yeah. of the trenches and the Ukrainian forces, the side that they have. And I've seen that the, they've pushed through some of those I actually watched an entire video. I did one on it. Actually, gave me it kind of. Remember when we did that video of the the Ukrainian forces trying to push back and try to take out a a, uh, a Russian fighting position. Mm-hmm. It didn't pan out too well, like no. at all. This video is on YouTube, by the way. They have they literally tried to go and do it, but to get up to that actual trench line. But they were trying to they were trying to go to a hill. Which I, I when I was watching this, I was instantly thinking to myself, terrible idea. What the f- are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And of course, the first guy went into the trench, entered the trench, and of course. It was Booby trapped, yeah. Booby trapped from hell, so blew him up, and then they killed all the other guys that they tried to run away. I wish I could talk about this right now. I mean, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I wish I could talk about this right now. They, they like their booby traps. They're dirty. Really? They're yeah. No, they're dirty as. Shit. Like they're they're dirty. Like they're not clean fighters. Like things that we look at and we say this is unethical in warfare. They're doing those Vietnam all over again, bungee bits. It's dirty. It's dirty. It's dirty, and it's it's not. And people get confused, right? When you look at it, and you say, "Oh, well, this is just a punji pit, for example," or yeah. "This is just a, a certain way that they laid this booby trap." But you got to understand, like the psychological effect that that lays on those troops that are over there that are going through that, and how that slows their advancement of movement. Because if they just move quick as shit, like you know, we might like let's say we landed. in you know, off of X and, uh, you know, and decided to like move in. We're not right. so much worried about anything other than a couple of pressure plates Yeah, over there. You've got way more to worry about than pressure plates. And so they cannot move that fast to get in there. And that creates essentially an entire choke point around everything that they're doing. And so that sucks. Trenches. 
we're stuck in trenches. Or I'm sorry, they're stuck in I'm trenches. Not stuck in a fucking stuck trench. in a trench. I'm not sitting anymore. here drinking fuck, coffee. I'm out of yeah, that. fuck it all. But they're stuck in trenches. They can't. They can't do a fucking thing. And meanwhile, the other side is not abiding by a ceasefire. They're still sending indirect fire on top. Of them. They're still doing also. Yeah. yeah, they're still doing all that crazy. Shit. And have you seen the sniper weapon systems that are now over on the other side? I have seen them. As a matter of fact, that was a part of that video I watched, and that's how I know they were. They were. They were saying that they were Ukrainian troops, but they were trying to point out all the weapon systems that they actually had, and they were actually, I don't know, they would they actually kind of remind me of a recon team because they were working in groups of three and four, but the equipment that they had was really, really, really sophisticated sniper rifles right. that there's absolutely no way that I could see a U- Ukrainian force actually having something of that. Like it, they actually kind of reminded me of a mili- like a U.S. military, like the way that they were working, talking for one. And the way they were maneuvering through this, this they, were, they, were, they were actually going through a small village. They were clearing a small village, and then they separated, and then they started clearing a trench, and then they moved forward like this. And they were just, the, so, way, the entire way that they were moving, they were not. So you can, you, can, you can draw some really quick lines just based off that information, right? So if we're looking at a place that's just entrenched, Right, like you've got trench lines. Do you really think there's not roadblocks in place? Well, like Amazon know. Prime's not coming to that area. No. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not just going to mail order this like to go in there. So with that being said, with that whole area on lockdown, granted they're going to have their rat lines to stink it in, but yeah. how many $10,000 sniper rifles do you think are floating around over there? Not a lot. Right, so no. where do you think those are coming from and how do you think they're getting the He didn't just have a 10,000, he didn't just Oh have, no, it's an entire he had, setup. He had an LRF system that right. he was calling grids to grids up with yes. on camera. Like yes. he was literally, he put it up to his face and when he hit it, it was the same, it wasn't the same exact one we used, but he was literally putting it up and they were, um, um, what do you, what happens when you change language over from Russian to, I forget what, come on. Translate. Translate. They were translating on the bottom. <laughs> they were translating it over and he was literally calling up grid coordinates for, for what I would assume would be indirect fire. If I was, if I was a gambler, man, that would assume what was going on in that. Unless they were just trying to get grid coordinates to actual positions and then hit them later. I have no idea. I wasn't there. I'm, I'm a spectator looking from the outside in. Well, yeah, That's but, what I would have done. But, but you can still draw common sense lines, right? Like well, not everybody's got common sense. It's, it's pretty fucking common sense. Like anybody, like, like, for example, a private in the military knows what happened in Kabul when we withdrew from Afghanistan was the worst idea ever. Well, like, I, f- period. I don't even get me started. On the that way, way we went about doing that was the worst. If a private ever. in the military, which is probably the average age is 18 or 19, had the idea that that was going to happen. And then you have a gentle, gentleman who's been an officer 50 years, couldn't figure it out. The most ironic thing that actually happened about the Afghanistan pullout was the fact that he said we would not be taking people off of a roof. Like we did in Vietnam or whatever. And we 100% and we did. And ended up doing it. You know what the fucked up part about that situation is, though? Like, everything. so when you look at, like, <clears throat> literally, woo, I'm about to rant for a second. Okay, so this is the fucked up part about this situation, right? Like, everybody that goes into these hostile countries checks in with the U.S. Embassy, right? Like, the U.S. Embassy puts out an advisement, like, this is not a good place for you to be. Please check in when you get here so that we can track you. And the reason they do that is so when these companies, where these countries can collapse the way Afghanistan did, is that we can get our people out, we know where they're at, and we could get them out, right? Like, that's how that works. So, I can only assume that... assumptions. I can only assume, I would hope, that our government, prior to the collapse of Afghanistan, actually put something out to get those people to start moving back to the embassy. And you can draw that line and say that that more than likely happened because those people were all moving back into Kabul. Well, you know, and then the Taliban and then the Taliban moved into Kabul with everybody trapped in. I was getting I I, I can't make this up. I was getting phone calls of people in basements hiding from the Taliban, phone calls of people in 
fucking basements because the embassy shut down and they couldn't get to the fucking airport. I had information of 150 Americans, 150 Americans that were trapped. I, I, I'm not going to say the name of the valley, but they were they were trapped in this this valley as the Taliban's fucking surrounded. 150 Americans. It was a church organization, and and our government is going to stand there and say that these people weren't there and we got we did our best to get everybody out. Well, no. on a, on a good note. There's actually funding that just came inside the bill I was talking about earlier to do a uh, an actual look into what actually happened in Afghanistan. So they're going to actually set up a team of people who are going to look into the Great. events that actually, but nothing's going to Great, so we're going to blow more fucking money for these people to get off. Like, how many investigations <clears throat> has our government launched over the years into dirty shit? And they're like, yeah, this is fucking dirty, and then nothing happens. And nothing takes away from the fact that we abandoned like hundreds of thousands of Americans over there. Or not, but at least a few hundred that I know of. A few hundred, not hundreds of thousands. Not hundreds of thousands. He a meant few hundred. Two thousands. Hundred two thousands. So yes. Hundred two thousands. Thank you. Mash those words together. That's a lot of <laughs> That's a that's a big difference. <laughs> that's a big difference. English matters. English matters, which I'm not too good at it. Yeah. We all know. I speak American. But I was gonna tell you the the whole Ukrainian thing that is going on, what are the chances? That Russia actually does invade. Extremely high. Extremely high. All right. So if that does happen, are the sanctions that Biden is saying he's going to put on them actually, are they going to do anything <laughs> to them? Is that a serious question? Yes. No. I'm asking like, what, okay. No. So no. How, how does a sanction stop a superpower like Russia from rolling over and taking over the Donbass talking region? about it, how much is it going to hurt the financial state of Russia? It's not. They're, they're going to skirt it. And they're they, just going to start. Rubies? Rubles. Rubles. It's dog currency is what right. it is who gives a hell it, it, i mean they're going to ex- export it to another country that also has sanctions on it right it's the same shit, and they're going to get it for even cheaper so all we're actually doing is we're hurting ourselves and we're hurting other well i wouldn't say hurting ourselves but maybe maybe ammunition costs this is you know the, this is international the trade but they're just going to send it to another country you know what is crazy this is another version of the cold war this is a or it's a, called as a proxy war. Yeah, it is a proxy war. So, so it, it's, 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 it's a, it literally is a proxy war. And, and we did the same, it's the same thing, thing in, in Syria. I was gonna say we did the same, same thing in Syria. Fucking thing in Syria. Literally exact same fucking thing. They're all, they're all it's proxy a fighting wars. a fucking proxy war. Syria was a little bit different because the the average American didn't realize what was actually going on because they're like, no. oh, it's just Iraq again, no. all over again. It was not. It was a fucking proxy war between Russia and America. And now you're about to do the same thing. And like, and, and do you, you know, know what, what you need to do? Take a pause real quick. Explain a proxy war dumbed down for somebody who's listening that has no idea. Okay, so the dumbest down version of proxy war that I can come up with is, Rob, you really like Coors. Yeah. I really like Bud Light, mm-hmm. and I don't. I think they're both piss beers. Okay. Okay, so instead of Bud Light and Coors cans smashing together, okay, okay. You decide to dump all your money and funding and a little behind-the-scenes power into Coors, and I do the same thing to Bud Light, and we see which one comes out on top. Yeah. That's a proxy war. There's a proxy war for everybody. Weird analogy using beer cans, but I'll take it. I get it. I understand. Could have just went with red team or blue team, but we'll go with Coors and Bud Light. Yeah. Continue. Keystone. Keystone, god dang. I've actually had some terrible mornings. I quit one of my jobs one time because of Keystone. 30-30 to the dome. Don't do it. Yeah. But yeah, so same thing happened in uh, Syria. Yep. Right? Like you've nope. got... I know. Yeah, same thing happened in Syria. Same thing's happening in Ukraine. Yeah. I don't know how in-depth you want to go into proxy wars, but... Oh, there's... shit. Uh, did you spill your coffee? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I thought I almost did. Okay, with that being said, how long is it going to take Russia to actually walk over Ukraine? Are they going to walk? Is it going to be speed bump? Is it going to take a month? Is it going to take six months? Is it going to take one year? It depends on how Are much... Are they going to take the entire country of Ukraine? 
And if they take the entire country of Ukraine, are they putting the neighboring countries at that time in some of a, a, a weird predicament? I mean, you're asking me to do a lot of forecasting. You're supposed to. That's what I brought you on here okay. for because you are so the let's, king. So then we have to break it down. I got to look at a map real quick too because I can't remember what's on the top of Ukraine and what's on the bottom right now. You're and fine. I want to say Turkey. You're fine. So no, you're wrong. So okay, well there you go. <laughs> so, so let's say we take let, let's say we take like a couple different approaches, right? Let's say we just do Russia is currently in this like guerrilla stage, right? Like okay. they're going in there, they're providing some behind the scenes support. They're probably doing some fighting. They're 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 putting that in, right? Their next stage up would be having a full on. Not, not a full-on military assault, but actually committing, like, infantry, ground troops, things like that. And then the next part is then just committing total warfare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Blitzkrieg and just just. But they have, But they have actually, st- they have already set up for that, the whole Blitzkrieg. No, they do. They, 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 well, they've been right staging now. on the borders for years. It's, no, but it's so set up currently right now that they have, like, the, a lot of people don't think think about this. To, to set up a Blitzkrieg or just set up any type of invasion in any type of country, you have to have logistical lines set up because you can't just get there and then go in and not have reinforcement type stuff set up. They That's have to lose. They have their logistics set up to a T right now from fuel, ammunition, water, like all the way is all set mm-hmm. up at the border waiting. So they literally yeah. can have a lifeline to their mother home or motherland to get reinforcements in. So they're never having to have a lapse or a lapse in time. Right, range. no, they can they can straight Literally just roll. Go. Just they go. can straight roll. Like I think the the range of tanks is classified. If I remember right. I don't even I have no I have no idea. But but essentially if you're going to bring in tanks and they'll need tanks because like I said we got trenches, right? Now mm-hmm. they could either they could either bring in like tanks but aircraft and oh, all that stuff You're like lying to me. Turkey's Turkey. Turkey's kind of close. It's, it's just not. has a black sea was, in between. Yeah, them. thank you. I was like, uh, I, I felt really bad at that point. I was like, we're gonna have to scrape this whole thing. So no, I no, look no. like a dumbass. No, I was no, like, no. I know for a fact Turkey it is, is like, south of it, but yes. the black sea is between them. Yes. So you got Romania, but that's what was my question. So if they go through here, are they going to stop? Are they going to be done and then try just to expand? Yeah. And so keep this little nipple. So uh, let's let's just say let's just go with Blitzkrieg. Okay. Let's go with Blitzkrieg. Let's just say, fuck it, let's start at the top and go Blitzkrieg. If they Blitzkrieg, they are 100% going to run right over the top of Ukraine. What you're going to end up seeing is you're going to see other, um, let, let's call them Eastern Bloc countries, right? Ones that used to be underneath the Soviet reign, probably going in and trying to help out Ukraine because they don't want that to happen, right? Like nobody hates Russia more than the Eastern Bloc that countries used, that used to, to live be, under yeah. Russia. So those countries are going to go and try to help out. Whether or not they're part of NATO, I, 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 would, I would put my fucking... I would put my life savings on this, that those countries will go in and they will help out. The problem is, is that none of those countries are big enough to compete with Russia. And so you're going to end up watching that insurgency flip-flop. They don't have a reason to advance any further because the moment they do, now they have NATO countries on the outskirts. If they were to go and they would fuck with one of those NATO countries, they would make a crucial mistake. So I don't see that happening. I don't see them going into another one. There's no reason. You know, Putin's whole idea, right, being a former KGB guy, is basically to restore the Soviet Union. And so it goes against his own beliefs to start taking over Germany, for example. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck would Putin have to do with Germany at this point? He doesn't care, right? Like, he, he's watching the EU and, and, like, Brexit and all of this other crazy and he knows that like it's going down the tubes pretty quick. So he's got nothing to worry about as far as those guys are concerned. What he's concerned about is he's concerned about restoring the former Soviet Union. So if, he's, if that's the case, do you think he's actually friends with China or do you think he's frenemies with China? Frenemies. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And so when you straight frenemy. 
Well, here's the other cool part, right? So when you look at that and you go, okay, well, what is this motherfucker thinking? Because he's a smart guy. You can't just be like, well, he's looking at Ukraine. Remember what I said about those other Eastern Bloc countries chipping in, mm-hmm. right? And, and you asking, is he going to stop Ukraine? So if those other Eastern Bloc countries chip in and they actually start helping out Ukraine, what can Russia now do? They're going to start fighting those other countries. And then they're going to slowly start rolling those back underneath the Soviet Union to restore it. Or excuse me, underneath Russia to start restoring it because they're going to be like, look, you're messing with our own affairs. You have no business doing this. You attacked us. Now I have the moral high ground to go in and attack you. So is this the start of World War III? Could be. It very well could be. 100%. It very well could be. Because because some of those countries, some of those former Soviet bloc countries are NATO allies. Wow, man. So if one of those NATO allies gets into it and Russia goes in, now you have NATO involved. Man. I'm not going to say... That I, I feel like I've been having this conversation. I was talking to him earlier about doing these podcasts for you guys and just doing them in general. That it's like having a conversation with myself for 30 or 40 minutes, literally. It's what I'm doing in here. Every morning I'm having a conversation with myself. And this time I, we were about to start a conversation while we were drinking coffee out of my kitchen. And I said, you know what, Tardio, shut the f*** up. We're going to talk about this on mic so we can actually, people can understand what we talk about even outside of this glory hole of a room. Right. Yeah. Weird terminology there. Yeah. But. No, what's really weird is the amount of guys that are actually having the same conversation that actually know what the f*** they're talking about and can read between the lines. And we don't have this vast intelligence agency reach. Hey, that's a, that's you know a, what that's I mean? Going on. I and was so talking like, about Afghanistan. I have no intel. And I can see what the f*** is going to right. happen. And then it unfolded and happened. It unfolded the right The exact same thing happened. Like, to the T. Within two weeks, it was all just on the table. And the same thing's happening right now. Did you talk about the Afghan president rolling out with a plane full of cash the night oh, before the I did. rolled in the Capitol? I did. And I, that's still to this day. Where is he? Uh, he took off. Yeah, but where is yeah, he? Yeah, I don't know. But I talked about the amount of money that he took. And it was it was never an exact. It was always an estimate. It was always, You know what? I got to look it up now. Because this was literally. It like, was its own aircraft. It was like three three months ago or something. But I'm, I'm talking about the amount of money that they thought that he had taken. Either way, he took a metric f- ton. And those people like. 150 million. Right. Yeah, so it was 150 the, million dollars. The night the night he rolled out, he gave a stand down order to all the Afghan National Police, all the military and everything that was in there and yeah, told stop. them when the Taliban comes in Don't that do they're not even not to do anything that their job was to facilitate a peaceful peaceful transition. And that is when everything went to Dude, I've talked about so many times about Afghanistan and by the way, about how the amount of wasteless spending and time was done over there. The same thing in Iraq. We could have been done in Iraq very, very fast. And I thought, and it's kind of crazy. A lot of people always think we were there for like gold and oil. I never once protected anything oil related. I've been around a ton of oil in, in Iraq. No. Like we were around a ton of oil everywhere, but it was never something they were like, you know, we're going to go guard this oil so we can take it. We never, no, the, the only the reason it was there is because it was critical. Like the stories that you hear about people guarding oil in Iraq is but because it was critical, critical infrastructure. Yes. It's critical, critical infrastructure. We weren't there. To guard it for we could take it. We would roll by an area, patrol by an area. We had the same it's, ROE for an electrical station yeah, that we did for an oil facility. But it's the same. Like it wasn't for us to be taken. Like there's these pictures of us with gold bars from the beginning of the war. American soldiers did not take those gold bars and take them home. I don't know why people. Not think. all of them. <laughs> I, I, I know a guy that dumpsters. might have smuggled some money and a teddy bear back home, but like not all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like. It, it wasn't like we were shipping gold bars back to the well, U.S. and put the, it in Fort Knox. These yeah. gold bars is what I'm talking about. Huge little gold bars. And I was like, yeah, there's no way someone is smuggling back a gold bar that size. Were they shoving up their ass? Isn't, that wasn't a thing that was happening. No. But no, we, like, in Afghanistan, people, for some 
fucking reason. It's always the one with the circle sunglasses or circle glasses and the purple hair. Are always talking about Dude. how we were taking oil from Afghanistan, and I always just want to. I wish I could have a conversation in person and with just these punch people. Him in the face, like, like not entirely. Like, just read. Can read. Like, are you that stupid? What you can't even like? There is. I, is there even an oil field in Afghanistan that I, I have know of? never seen? One. I have never. I've I've been seen in one. I've been in the Northeast. I've been, I've been in all North, over that. I've been in the I haven't been in the, I've been in the west. I've been in the south. I haven't been in the west. South. I haven't been in the in pretty much the only place I haven't been in that country is like the southeast corner. Okay, I've never been in the south. Like if you were to take the entire thing and pile it off, I haven't been in the southeast corner. But I know there's no there's oil no oil. down there. There's a ton of of minerals, as in like natural resources. Natural resources. Do, but do you want to go down a rabbit hole? Because I'll go down a rabbit China hole. China is taking. That's another reason okay. why. All okay. right, all right, we're fucking doing this. We're going down this rabbit <laughs> hole. Okay, so so here's the part right and this is why i'm so yeah, okay hold on, hold on do we save this for an entirely different episode charles how how many deep how many minutes deep are we charles we are 40 minutes deep right now okay let's save it let's save it right. cut a new one gotcha. how, how, how long can you make the china rabbit hole really Good. deep all right here we go you ready charles go ahead and cut it when Okay, so thanks for listening to this video. I know it, we're going to break it up into three parts because it, it changes so, so much throughout this entire podcast with this video. So I hope you guys did enjoy this. If you're not watching this on the YouTube channel, please go over there and check it out. Other than that, I do love you guys. Thank you so much. Stay tuned because this thing keeps getting juicier and juicier.